name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The season of Epiphany, which began last Thursday on the Feast of Epiphany, focuses on the ways that Jesus is revealed to us. It is the next thematic step after Christmas. We would not know that the Son of God became man, or that he died for our sins, or that his life has any significance at all for our lives, unless these things were revealed to us. The biblical epiphanies provide a framework for understanding our own epiphanies. For example, each of us has a star, something or series of things that led us to Christ. Epiphany is a season to reflect on how Christ continues to be revealed to us. It is about being healed of our blindness and growing in our spiritual vision so that we will be able to see Christ and what he is doing in our lives more clearly. Today's gospel contains a different kind of epiphany. It was not a joyful event, at least not for Mary and Joseph. It caused discomfort and anger. And this kind of epiphany is not unusual, but it is often unwelcome and ignored. We like Christ to reveal himself to us in ways we like. Have you ever left your child somewhere? I remember an incident at a youth team photo day many years ago. We were at a sports park with two other families, and parents and children were milling about. We mingled for a while, and then we began walking to our cars. When we got to the parking lot, I realized someone was missing, and I said to my friend Bob, where's Matt? We realized that his toddler son was not with us. We turned around, and there he was, sitting in the middle of the field about 75 yards away. We had to walk an extra 150 yards or so. Mary and Joseph had gone a day's journey, perhaps 15 to 20 miles. Thus, the return to Jerusalem added 30 to 40 miles to their trip to Nazareth on foot. Mary and Joseph assumed that Jesus was with the large caravan of people from Nazareth because the incarnate Son of God, for his first 12 years, had mostly done what he was supposed to do and been where he was supposed to be. What went through their minds as they discovered that Jesus was missing? How would they explain to God that they lost his son? The conversation on the way back to Jerusalem was likely filled with anger and probably not a few recriminations about who was responsible. The anger was heightened by the discovery when they returned to Jerusalem where Jesus was sitting with the doctors, listening and asking them questions. That is to say, he was not at all concerned about his parents' concern. He wasn't even lost. He had decided to stay behind in Jerusalem. Any parent would be fuming. And this accounts for Mary's aggravated tone 
Why have you treated your father and I like this? We were so worried about you. And Jesus, the envy of every 12-year-old in trouble, was uniquely able to play the God card. <clears throat> I, I was just doing what my father told me to do. This was an epiphany that reminded and revealed to Mary and Joseph that Jesus is the Son of God. God is his Father, and he is not required to answer to anyone else. Our gospel is clear that this was an exception to Jesus' normal behavior. He returned to Nazareth and was subject unto them. Jesus didn't just ignore his father and mother because he wanted to do his own thing. For some reason, in this situation, God wanted him to be in the temple in Jerusalem while his parents expected him to be with them on the way back to Nazareth. There are some thematic connections between this story and the painful ways that God reveals Christ to us. Mary and Joseph expected certain behavior from Jesus based on past experience and trust. And just so, we develop expectations based on experience and faith that God will interact with us in certain ways. Then something unusual, uncomfortable, or difficult happens and we get sad or angry or disappointed. I'm not thinking here of the complaint made by immature Christians that says, why is God doing this to me? I'm thinking of the relational disappointment that comes with mature faith. Perhaps this kind of epiphany can only be received by people of deep faith. Difficult epiphanies cause people of lesser faith to abandon their faith. There are times when God just doesn't seem to be present in the ways we've come to expect or count on, where our lives take a turn that wasn't what we wanted or expected. We experience a kind of spiritual disorientation, a cognitive dissonance. The painful epiphanies are necessary because we are constantly tempted to see our faith as a means to the end of something in this world. We develop subtle, unspoken assumptions that if we do all the right things in faith and prayer, we will experience good results in the world. This simplistic logic is challenged by the book of Job, which points us to the narrative of the cross. In both cases, people who were good and did all the right things experienced great pain nonetheless. The many blessings we receive from God in this world can cause us to lose sight of the biblical truths that this world is temporary, that our lives are short, and that God's main purpose in our lives is to prepare us for his eternal kingdom. That preparation will include experiences that detach us from the world to connect us more fully to Christ in faith. 
Painful epiphanies are a gift, albeit a gift that takes us some time to understand and appreciate as a gift. Things that detach us from this world are painful, but they lead us to depend upon Christ more. And their long-term effect is to draw us into communion with Christ through the cross. And this strengthens within us both the experience and the hope of resurrection. St. Paul points to this pattern of epiphany when he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. Painful epiphanies are inevitable because the passage of time causes the promises of this world to fade and to fail. And this is the paradoxical gift of age. As we get physically weaker with age, we are supposed to learn to let go of temporal things and to cling more tightly to the eternal things. As St. Paul writes, we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. However, this is not a lesson the world teaches us. It is one we need eyes of faith to see and embrace. The epistle today teaches us how to see the painful epiphanies. St. Paul writes, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. In the gospel story, Mary is, again, our model of faith who shows us what this looks like. She did not understand what Jesus did and said, but St. Luke tells us that she kept all these sayings in her heart she came to understand with faith and time. It takes persevering faith to see Christ in the painful places of life. As we with Mary ponder the difficult things of life in our hearts, we can adopt the prayer of Elisha the prophet in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. Lord, I pray, open our eyes that we may see. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.